if you could just put my wee slide up Joe just want to speak in Colossians this morning I said to Margaret through the week I was really just struggling I think last week to to really know what God wanted me to speak about and you know how it goes you pray and you listen and you read and you pray and things don't quite come to you then I said to Margaret I know what I'm going to speak about Margaret the Lord's just spoken to me so I've got a message uh, somewhere else in Proverbs 3 because uh, I'm not speaking about that because as the club went on during the week the Lord spoke to me again and uh, so very quickly on Friday I just uh, got before the Lord again and the the Lord just brought this word to me and uh, it particularly related to to what went on in the club and and in particular probably what happened to Martin, Martin Luther uh, which was a quite amazing thing you know that, that there he was steeped in, in tradition of his church and in a, a mighty way that God revealed to him that sal- salvation was through faith and not works and uh, and uh, this message then just, just came to me and uh, I thought I'm going to share this because this is really what the Lord wants to share. And if Graham asked me back sometime, maybe the Lord will bring the other message in Proverbs 3 or just read it yourself. Anyway, set free in Christ alone. It's a wonderful hymn, isn't it? It's a wonderful hymn. But the the church at Colossae, when the Apostle Paul the Apostle Paul wrote to them, a fellow called Epaphras had been there, a friend of Paul's, and he established the church. And Paul was writing to them from Rome and he wrote around this area that you've been set free in Christ from trying to work your way into heaven. Do everything that you can to work your way to heaven through your good deeds. How wonderful it is that that's not how you get there. It's through faith in Christ Jesus. Because you know what? If it was to do with works, you would work and work and work and work. And you would do your best to get there. You would do anything to get there. You would pay for it. You would beg, borrow and steal to get there. But you know what? It's not about that. It's actually about faith. Asking the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart for salvation. And the chains of sin... The handcuffs, the bondage that you're in is broken free through faith in, faith in Jesus. It's wonderful. So just a wee map here. If you remember, uh, if you look up the top left of that slide, you remember that Troas. I don't know if anybody remembers that uh, a couple, two or three weeks ago that I spoke about a guy called, can anybody remember his name? He fell out of the window. Eutychus a guy called Eutychus and he was listening to Paul preaching uh, it was up in Troas and he, he fell out of a window and he got killed and he got brought back to life again Paul just spread himself on him and through the Holy Spirit he was brought back to life well that's up in that area of Troas and so Paul if you come, if you come back down the map you see Ephesus 
Well, on that third missionary journey, I don't know if you can you see Ephesus, right? So on that missionary journey, the Paul's third missionary journey, he, he stopped at Ephesus. He was there for three years, and I think he sent Epaphras to Colossae. Can you see it just to the east? It's red. Colossae, can you see it? Right in the middle, above Lycia. So, so Paul is writing from Rome, and he's writing to the church at Colossae. He's now in prison in Rome, and he's writing to the church at Colossae, and that's where it is. And I think what happened was that while he was in Ephesus, he probably sent Epaphras to Colossae, and Epaphras established the church in Colossae. So it's just to give you an idea of where we are. Uh, so you just see roads there. And if you can remember the last map we looked at, just down from roads, roads is Cyprus. If you just come down the sea, you can't see it there. Come down the sea, you're in Cyprus. And then over from Cyprus, you get into the Holy Land. Uh, if you look at Patmos there uh, in the middle, well, if you can imagine going away around there, going round there and up to the left, you come into Italy, and that's where Rome is. Great big Italy kicked wee Sicily into the Mediterranean Sea, if you remember that at the school year geography. So, just round from Patmos, a good bit round, round the water there, and that's where Paul was when he was writing to Colossae, away over at the left there. Uh, it's not in the map, and Rome to Colossae. Thanks, Joe. That's just to put a wee background into... Uh, uh, the, the church at Colossae and, and, and where it was so if you've got a Bible I wonder if we could read this Colossians chapter 1 Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother to God's holy people in Colossae the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ grace and peace to you from God our Father we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope from the hope stored up for you in heaven, and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, two point four billion as we heard, just as it has been doing among you since you learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and also told us of your love in the Spirit. Next slide, Joe. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Next slide, Joe. Thank you. Just a few, a few background comments. Uh, Colossae was, as we see Colossae there, it was a small city in Asia Minor and it was east of Ephesus, as you saw. 
And Paul wrote to the believers there while he was imprisoned in Rome. After his third missionary journey, he had gone back to Jerusalem, he had gone to Rome, he was told not to go, and he, he, he knew what was in front of him, but he still went anyway, and he was imprisoned in Rome, and we heard a few weeks ago after that, uh, he, was, he was killed, he was martyred. And uh, that church in Colossae was established by a good friend of Paul's called Epaphras. And uh, he was sent along there. And uh, Paul hadn't met the folks in the church, but he loved them. Now, it's just wonderful how when you share a message and you have somebody else speaking before you, and they actually say what's on your mind. He hadn't met them, but he loved them. He felt a sense of responsibility for their health and for their growth and for their welfare. Because You know why? Because he loved them in Jesus. He'd never even met them. But he loved them in Jesus. And one of the reasons they wrote to Colossae, there was kind of strange ideas circulating uh, around the place. Often when new churches are established, even today, depending on what culture you're in, you get kind of strange ideas that circulate, usually or often after a church is established. And uh, so false teachers had come in to the church at Colossae uh, saying that, that knowing Jesus in your heart was a good start. That's a good start. Knowing Jesus in your heart is a good start. But it's not everything. It's not everything. You need more than that. And uh, there were people at the time who were preaching who were what they call Gnostics. Gnosticism, it simply means this, uh, I know it sounds really complicated, what is a Gnostic? It's a, a very difficult definition, but somebody who believes that, that goodness is in the mind, and whatever you think, if you can think good, then at the end of the day, you'll be able to sort things out. Evil is in the body, so Christ couldn't become human as we accept him. Jesus couldn't become human because if he became human, he would take on evil. And he couldn't take on evil if he was God. So Jesus really wasn't the saviour and redeemer that we know. And this is a kind of rubbish that was getting preached to the church at, Philosi, at Colossae. All these, these Gnosticism ideas that Jesus couldn't really be the Redeemer because he couldn't take on humanity of the flesh uh, because the flesh is evil and he couldn't take on evil. And all these ideas were springing up. Epaphras tried to set them straight. Epaphras says to them, listen, we've been preaching the gospel to you, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart for salvation. You've broke the chains of bondage. You've broke the chains. You don't need to do anything. It's not about your mind. It is about your body. It is about your body and it is about your mind, but it's giving it to Jesus. Not all these fancy philosophies and ideas. And the Apostle Paul decided, I think I need, I need to write to them. Next slide, Joe. I think I need to write to them. And uh, he does write to them. And in all Paul's letters, they're kind of love letters. He, 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 he really he sends beautiful letters. He writes beautiful letters. But he also gets to the point. He gets to the point. So he wants to speak to them, the, the, the church at Colossae, about the preeminence of Christ. 
What does that mean? The preeminence of Christ. It just means in the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus and God were in the beginning in all creation. But Jesus took on humanity. It's a kind of complex area. And it's an area we'll maybe spend a wee bit of time, if I ever get asked to speak again, we'll spend a wee bit of time maybe looking at because it's in my mind. But Jesus was there in the beginning. And the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Apostle Paul writes, as you see, Paul an Apostle of Christ Jesus. Why does he say Christ Jesus? His emphasis on Christ because he wants to share with the Colossian believers that Jesus and his humanity and Christ and his deity. Christ and his deity and we have Jesus and he's emphasizing Christ to them. He's emphasizing the deity of Christ. That he came from heaven and he took on the form of a man and he went to the cross and he died for us. By the will of God, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy our brother to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. And Paul explains that he's an apostle. What's an apostle? An apostle is somebody who is sent by God on a commission to do a work. And uh, some people believe that there's, there's not any apostles today. Other folk, other churches believe there are. And uh, some people believe that a missionary, for example, might be an apostle because they're commissioned to do a work with God. Some people believe that apostles were finished with when Christ left the earth. So these are different uh, different opinions but at the end of the day Paul's just explaining that he is one sent by God so what he's saying to the Colossae believers is not from him it's from God I want to speak to you what God has told me to say to you I'm not self appointed I'm from God and he addresses the Colossae believers as holy and faithful sometimes I don't think they were very holy but at the end of the day, what he was saying, well, you've identified yourself as Christ, and that's what makes you holy. Not what you do necessarily, but your position in Christ makes you holy. And that they're set apart by God. And they're not, they're not their own. And they're faithful. And that they're both full of faith, and they're acting in a faithful and trustworthy manner. That's us this morning. And this fellowship. We're holy. Do you think you're holy this morning? You probably don't. I certainly don't. And faithful to God in every way. <coughs> Acting in a faithful and trustworthy manner. This is a great wee fellowship. For knowing that people will faithfully pray for you. It's wonderful. And trustworthy. Do you believe this is a trustworthy place? Yeah. I do. I do. I know that I can come here, I can put my trust in the leaders, and I can put my trust in you. It's true, isn't it? Yes. It's a great place for that. Faithful and trustworthy. I've been to other places and I don't feel that, and I don't think that, and I don't know that. I do of this place. It's wonderful. So when they met, when they met, it was full of grace. 
If Paul was meeting the Colossian believers, he would have been so gracious towards them. That was the Greek greeting. Grace, grace, giving favour to. And shalom, as we know in the Hebrew, is peace. Grace and peace to you. Mixing the Greek with the Hebrew and also a touch of Roman stuff in it, in it because, because the church at Colossae, there was a whole mix of people from different backgrounds. A whole mix of people from different backgrounds. The church here, there's a whole mix of people from different backgrounds. I'd like to say myself, very cultured from Bells Hill. And you've, you know, you've got other people. Uh, you've got Stephen, a Nigeria background. Grace and peace to you. Grace, brothers and sisters, grace and peace to you. And as we know, the reason, I've said this before here, the reason that grace is mentioned first, because you need to know the grace of God. And then you get peace in your heart. You don't get peace and then grace. You don't get peace and then grace. So that's why grace is always first. You need to experience the grace of God in your life before you can experience peace in your heart. Have you got peace in your heart this morning? Well, I'll tell you what, that's wonderful. But remember this, it doesn't come with salvation. Do you know what comes with salvation? Being saved. Because the Apostle Paul says quite clearly, I have learned to be content. So we need to grow. We grow into being content. But what you have got is this peace in your heart knowing that you're saved. It's wonderful, isn't it? Peace in your heart knowing that you know the Lord Jesus Christ and your heart for salvation. Thanks, Joe. Paul's thanksgivings, thanksgiving for the Colossians. Faith and love. Now look at this. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. What's the reason for that? Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for God's people. I'm going to tell you this. When I pray for you, I always thank God. I always thank God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when I pray for you, you know why? Because I have you in my heart. I'm not boasting. If you're part of the fellowship, we need to have each other in our hearts. And that's the reason that Paul was impressed by them. That's the reason that Paul loved them. Why do I love you so much? Because we're brothers. It doesn't matter if you're away over in Colossae. It doesn't matter if you're away over in Haiti. Wherever you are, these, these boundaries are broken through Christ. Christ burst through these boundaries. We love you. We love you. Why? Because we have you in our heart. It's important, brothers and sisters, that we have each other in our hearts. That's so important. Sometimes we need just to suffer each other. Because it's heavy. some of us are heavy management. Do you know that? You need to tiptoe around each other. You need to tiptoe around some people. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to love each other. We need to love each other. With our flaws and failings, we need to love each other. But when we have each other in our heart, that love breaks through all the stuff. 
We don't love each other all the time. Do you know that? Do you agree with that? We don't love each other all the time from a human perspective. We need to love each other all the time from a Christ perspective. Sometimes we, sometimes we struggle with each other's behaviour. How we act, what we say, what we do. But we still love each other in our hearts. But we struggle with that behaviour. It's sometimes difficult to separate that one out. You can separate it out if you apply the three main graces. The faith, the love and the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. Faith, love and hope that is stored up for you in heaven. We know as we've said before, when you get to heaven you don't need faith and you don't need hope. You don't need it. When you get to heaven you can throw away faith and you can throw away hope. But you know what? The love we've got love in heaven because love encapsulates faith and hope and love goes on forever. You don't need faith that you're going to get into the glory, you'll be in the glory. You don't need the hope that you're going to be in the glory, you'll be in the glory, you're there. But this love will go on forever. So the love that we have for each other that springs from these three main graces is that love that will go into the glory with us. And it comes from the message of the gospel. See that? You've heard the true meaning of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing. 2.4 billion, is that right, Vic? Do you know something? In Britain, it looks as if we're going back the way. It looks as if we're going back the way. I was just watching the television yesterday about you know, a march in Ireland. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. Our culture and our society, it's changing. Liberalism, as we know, is taking over. Anything goes. The Colossian church, what were these people wanting to do that infiltrated the church? They were wanting to say to them, if in your mind you can accept it's okay. I remember when I was studying, reading a book, I'm okay, you're okay. Everyone was okay if you were okay. You okay, Nancy? Ah, you're okay. So everyone's okay. Everything's not okay if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart for salvation. You're living for a lost eternity. The gospel is growing. Let's rejoice in that. Sometimes we struggle with it because we look at where our own country is going. And we look at the African countries where Stephen was, maybe over Nigeria. Stephen used to say, Dad, we've got a thousand there at ten o'clock in the morning. And then about one o'clock we've got fifteen hundred there. So at least the church is going on for three hours. But you know what? Do you know what? The most important thing is to know, to know this, that wherever is God, wherever God has put you here, it's to serve Him, it's to love for Him, it's to share the word, it's to share the word with others outside, and to show love inside. Paul's appreciation. Of a servant of God. That's Epaphras. How Paul appreciated Epaphras. Because he was a man. That shared the gospel. And he's writing to the church at Colossae. And he says. You learned it from Epaphras. Epaphras was a great teacher. You learned it from Epaphras. Our dear fellow servant. He was a humble man. It's important when we come into church. That we're humble. 
Now this idea of humility doesn't mean you've always got to look at yourself with low self-esteem and a low self-image. But your whole life you think you're cool. You know, it's like Joey's accent. Come on, kids, you know. The whole life you think you're cool and you're in your 60s and and you have a look at yourself and you know, don't worry about how you look physically. But humility, humility is putting Christ first. That's my point. Humility is humbling yourself before the Lord and each other. He was a true ambassador. Let me ask you this question. In relation to new beginnings, are you a true ambassador? Because if it relates to new beginnings, it relates to Christ. You need to be true ambassadors. So when folk walk in the door, you know, we don't want people walking in the door and you don't bother talking to them. Or you've got a face like thunder. I was thinking to myself this morning, you know, before I came here, it's great when you look down at the look down at your congregation. Depends who's here, by the way, that no everybody's got a face like thunder. People have got joy in their heart. People have got joy in their heart. It's good, isn't it? So when folk come in the door, they don't walk in the door here at New Beginnings Church and say, listen, I would like to ask you uh, about the, your, your doctrinal basis. Could you explain your doctrine to me? And could you discuss with me the full tenets of your faith and your salvation, etc., and what that's all about? No, they don't do that. They walk in the door here and at the coffee house. And they want to know that you've got a welcoming spirit. You've got a smile on your face. Come in. It's good to see you. Because they look at you as an ambassador. An ambassador. Somebody who represents Christ. It's about liberty and freedom. No legalism and formalism. And also, Epaphras told us of your great love. A great encourager. A great encourager. We need to encourage each other. I think this is a really good place, a really good fellowship, feeling that they're being encouraged. We need to be good encouragers. Do you know what? (coughs) There's nothing worse than when you make a mistake, you feel that you're going to get annihilated. And all the good things that you've done are blown into the water. And that's not what God's about. And Epaphras was a great encourager. He told us of your love in the spirit. Even although you've been bombarded by, you're getting bombarded by all these philosophies. You're a great encourager, Epaphras, to the people of God. And I'm going to tell you something. You might feel that in here that you don't have any gifts. Everybody's got gifts. And we can all be encouragers. We can all be encouragers. But do you know what I mean? You know... Great encourager. Oh, you're not as bad as you used to be. Well, you know, it's not exactly great encouragement. (laughs) But it's important in the fellowship we encourage. And look, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, verse 9, since the day we heard about you, Paul cares for them. I'll tell you something, since the day you walked into this fellowship, people in here have loved you. And cared for you since the day you walked in this door. It's great, isn't it? We've not stopped <coughs> excuse me, praying for you. Paul's consistency, we've not stopped praying for you. People pray for you. And why do you pray? Because you care. 
that's the root of praying because you care and Paul's consistency he prayed we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives not academic knowledge academic knowledge will not get you into the glory academic academic knowledge is important but what's more important is knowing Christ deepening your understanding of him seeking his wisdom seeking his knowledge in your life and that was what Paul's desire for them was to grow our desire in here for each other is that we might grow in Jesus will you grow if you don't read the word? no will you grow if you don't have concern for each other? no will you grow if you don't pray? no will you grow if you don't get fed? no so it's important that we that we seek the, the appropriate things in our life to help us to grow just as a finish the reason for Paul's prayer it's to the, to the Colossians so that they so that they live a life worthy of the Lord listen put God first always put God first please him in every way in your daily walk and in your daily talk seek to please him in every way I think we've got a fellowship in here who seeks to please God in every way and that's important that you seek to please God in every way in your walk and in your talk your talk needs to be backed up by your walk and your walk needs to be backed up by your talk they're linked together bearing fruit in every good word whatever you do so it's important we seek fresh fruit freshen your life up don't stagnate the only way that you produce good fruit is getting rid of the rubbish get, get the weed killer on don't kill the don't kill the tree but you know what I mean clear out the rubbish clear out the weeds clear out the stuff that's going to strangle the good fruit and then you're able to you're able to produce good fruit your works will never get you to heaven but if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and your heart for salvation we should want to do what's good in relation to showing others that we love the Lord serving other people and growing in the knowledge of God actively learn more about the Lord actively learn more about the Lord just the last one Joe Paul's encouragement we all need encouragement we've said this earlier we all need encouragement if you know the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart for salvation this morning here's the big encouragement you're qualified you're qualified to get to the glory tells you there giving, verse 12 giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance in the kingdom of light we're qualified but it's not about us being qualified it's not about us being qualified of ourselves we're qualified through Christ who's taken us from darkness to light from chains to freedom do you appreciate your salvation I'm going to tell you something see when you go to your bed depressed and you wake up depressed and I've done that a lot in my adult life but do you know what the Lord taught me to say Sandy thank me for your salvation if you can thank me for nothing else 
Always remember that, that the Lord has brought us from darkness to light, from bondage to freedom. From bondage to freedom. We're free in Jesus. Enjoy that liberty. Encourage each other. Grow in Christ. The Lord will continue to bless this fellowship if you seek to be the kind of ambassador that God wants you to be. I thank God for each of you. Father, we do thank you for this time together. We thank you, Father God, that you've brought us from bondage to freedom, from darkness to light, through nothing of ourselves, Father God, but through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Father. Father, I just want to thank you for each person here this day. We thank you for the love in this fellowship, for the encouragement in this fellowship, for the grace that's shown in this fellowship, for the hand of friendship that's shown in this fellowship. Be with us, Father God, as we continue in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.